Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game is John Chuckery show. Hanging out with you on this Monday evening. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Uh, got... Uh, WWE Raw up here. You know they're from Atlanta tonight. So Raw is... Uh, yeah, and, thought and, about you on that. Well, and I was talking to Conti, and uh, he was saying that Kevin Egan has been inundated with uh, ticket requests. So uh, so they got WWE Raw up here. And there's no Braves game tonight, so you can watch a little bit of Raw from Atlanta. I saw uh, Steve Holman tweeted out a picture that he's uh, at Raw. Uh, tonight, so well, I think it's his grandson with him. Oh so. yeah, I think I think he's doing a big week with his grandson, if I'm not mistaken. So well, and I think they kicked it off like over a, the weekend or something a, like it's that. It's a big week. It's a big yeah. week if you're going to WWE Raw. So yeah, I think he took him to a Braves game. No, no, he took him somewhere, but yeah, it's like a big week for him and his grandson. My first live wrestling was in 1984. I was uh, I was 12 years old at the time, and my mom took me to the Civic Center in Canton, Ohio. And we saw the WWF uh, nice. at a house show uh, okay. when they were running a thousand house shows at night. Right. Like. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, back in the old days. So, anyway, uh, this should not look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons of flyover. So, it looks like Kyle Pitts will not start the year on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list. He did uh, tweet, or sure, I guess his Instagram page that he put it uh, out on that he, um, he said, no pup list for me. So looks like he's going to be healthy and ready to go for week one of the regular season. And, you know, we talked to D-Led last week. We kind of talked about him, you know, just as far as where is he at in his progress. It'll be interesting to just see kind of physically how he rolls along through this offseason because I don't expect him to, uh, again, I don't expect to see him not even as far as playing, but I expect to see very little of him just personally before we get to week one. I mean, that week leading up to practice, or maybe he'll, maybe he'll be around the facility, you know, as far as working out and different things go. But um, I think they'll keep – I think they'll have him keep a low profile uh, as he kind of rehabs and gets his way back uh, back into the uh, lineup. So um, – but that's good news that, again, he doesn't feel like he's had any kind of setbacks or anything like that, and he's ready to – he's going to be ready to roll for the uh, regular season. Um, ESPN – listed their top 10 players at the different positions. And some Falcons did make the list as far as um, some different places. So uh, A.J. Terrell made the list as the number 10 cornerback um, in the NFL. Um, Look, he can be better than that. I think he's a top 10 corner, but he can be certainly better than that. He was a couple of years ago. He was the second highest graded corner in the league on Pro Football Focus a couple of years ago, him and uh, Jalen Ramsey were the top two graded corners in the uh, NFL. But certainly if he can get back to that second-team All-Pro kind of level, we'll be in a good shape. Another second-team All-Pro, uh, Chris Lindstrom, who's the number seven interior offensive lineman. Uh, okay, I- I'll put that a little bit low. 
I don't know that there are six guys better than, than Lindstrom. I'll give you um, – who's the kid from uh, – Quentin Nelson. I'll give you him. But I don't know if there are six guys that are better than Chris Lindstrom. But, okay, I mean, that's, that's a respectable position. Um, Kyle Pitts is the number seven tight end in the NFL. Um, that's got to be way higher. Sorry, I ain't second, third. That's where that's where Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts needs to be a top three tight end in the NFL this year. I said it, top three tight end in the NFL this year. Sorry, I mean we're going into year three, four, whatever this thing is. Um, we've got to have that kind of production, right? So I mean this is year three for Kyle Pitts. We need we need him to perform at that kind of high level that we expect out of him. So uh, Jesse Bates comes in at number six. It's safety. I need him to be higher than that. Look, at the end of the year, when these lists get all put together, right, Terrell probably needs to be, you know, a spot or two higher. But I think if he's a top 10 corner, we don't feel too bad about that. Lindstrom, I think he's a little bit disrespected as far as, you know, number seven. Um, So if he plays the way he did last year, I'll have no complaints about that because I still think that that's a low ranking for him. But – Pitts being the number seven tight end, Jesse Bates being the number six safety, those two guys have to be higher than that. They have to be – Pitts needs to be a top three tight end. Bates needs to be a top three or four safety. Sorry. I mean, again, if we're going to spend money on these positions and high draft picks, then we've got to have those guys that are the biggest impact influences on our roster. That's what's the way it works, right? I mean, you know, if you, if you, got, if you pay a, a guy – a whole crap ton of money, or you draft them super, super duper high, we need those guys to produce. And if we're going to win at the level we think we can win and we're going to have the expectations that we are going to set for all of this stuff, then that needs to happen. That's just the reality of the situation with where this needs to be. So we'll see. Um, you know, again, it uh, hope springs eternal, and uh, as the Ghostbusters said, we are ready believe you uh day day let's ask you the question td wire which is usa today's nfl you know uh network channel whatever td wire is for the usa Today sports their nfl channel that they have um they ranked all the 32 starting quarterbacks where did they have desmond ritter um uh, probably like 25 26 yeah not that Hi. Uh, let's see really? here. Who's, much lower than that. Uh, let's see here. Can't Russell, get much lower. Russell, Russell Wilson's 25. Hmm. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's 26. Baker Mayfield is 27. Anthony Richardson is 28. Jordan Love is 29. Colt McCoy is number Stop. 30. Stop. Desmond Ritter comes in at number 31. I thought you were going to say 32, but it's right there. Nope, nope. <laughs> he's, he's only got Sam Howell that's uh, that's behind him. Wow, that's pretty disrespectful a uh, little bit. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree, but here's the here's what the write-up is. Quote, Ritter saw limited action in his first season with the Falcons where he was not asked to be a primary playmaker for the team. And while he had one impressive game under his belt, the rest of the season felt lukewarm at best. He's an unknown commodity who will lean on a strong run game going into the season. Well, I, I don't disagree with anything that was said there, but I also don't think that they're going to ask him to be a primary playmaker again this year. I, I don't think they're going to make it. I, again, it's going to be Matt Ryan in 08 and 09. That's what it's going to be. That's, that's what it most likely is. So I don't think that they are going to ask him to be the primary playmaker for this roster. He doesn't have to be, by the way, either. He doesn't have to be the primary guy that sets everything up and, and this, that, and the other. If you look at Matt's career, okay, he threw 434 passes in 08, 451 in 09, right? Okay? Then you add Julio, and it was... 571. So in one year, he threw 120 passes more year over year. 120 passes year over year. Okay. Then it went 566. And then in 2012, when they were rocking and rolling and they had Julio and they had 
Roddy, and they their offense was cranked up and ready, and they had Tony Gonzalez. What did he throw? 615 passes. Then that went to 651, 628, 614. And again, his last you know few years in the league, 616, 626, 560 in his last year with the Falcons. So again, Matt only threw 434 and 451 in his first two years. Guess what? That was the two lowest totals of his entire career. And then it ballooned up to 571. So, again, I don't think it's going to be a situation where they're going to ask him to do a whole lot. You didn't ask a whole lot of Matt. And Matt, by the way, was 38 touchdowns and 25 interceptions his first two years. 38 touchdowns and 25 interceptions in his first two years in the league. It's not a very impressive total. Then it went 28-9, 29-12, 32-14. So, you know, again, you get into that third year as a starting quarterback, then that's when things start to kind of take off. That's when things start to kind of happen, right? We've seen that across the league. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts was a guy who in his third year in the league started to take off, right? You know, not everybody comes in the league, you know, as – you know, all-world quarterback coming right out as a rookie. No, nobody comes in. You know, not many guys come into the league like that anymore. So it usually needs to be that third year before a guy gets to that kind of level. But do I think that Desmond Ritter is a better quarterback than Anthony Richardson or, you know, uh, Colt McCoy, Jordan Love? Yeah, probably. Probably, you know, again, can he be Baker Mayfield? Let's hope. I mean, let, let's let's even. I mean, even I'll take that as a as a starting point. But again, it it kind of is what it is on, on a on a list like this. I mean, first off, he hasn't done enough to supersede some of those guys. But certainly, when you see some of the rookies that are on the list, because again, they they've got uh, Stroud at twenty four, Pickett at uh, twenty three, um, Bryce Young is at twenty one. I said some pretty high praise for. For a guy like Bryce Young, who, yeah, I know he's all world, but um, again, he hasn't played a down in the uh, NFL, so we'll see what the, what happens there. But uh, maybe a little bit of disrespect for uh, for Desmond Ritter. Um, interesting that the Falcons. So we know kind of how they've had to build this roster over these last couple of seasons, but there are 35 Falcons that are going into the last year. Of their contract. Now that that's again, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it, it, it you look at so some of the guys, and, and these are obviously guys that are these are some of the guys that are on the bottom end of the uh, totem pole. But Liam McCullough, Lucas Dennis, uh, Breon Borders, Cornell Armstrong, Trey Flowers, Trey Davis, Andre Smith, Lakeo London, uh, Joe Gaziano, Albert Huggins, Carlos Davis. Eddie Goldman, Ryan Newzeal, Justin Schaefer, Tucker Fisk, Chris Blair, Shane uh, Bolden, Slade Bolden, I see you, sorry, Penny Hart, J.J. Arcia, Arcega, Whiteside, Frank Darby, B.J. Baylor, Felipe Franks, and Logan Whiteside. So all of those guys are going into their final year of their contract. But these are the kind of more notable names that are going into final year of their contract. Cordero Patterson, Caleb Huntley, Heath Smith, Mac Hollins, Scotty Miller, Kadero Hodge, Matt Hennessy, Bud Dupree, Calais Campbell, Michael Walker, Jeff Okuda, Jalen Hawkins. Now, how many of those guys get re-signed by the Falcons? Um, again, you know, and obviously, you know, um, AJ Terrell's you know got the fifth-year option picked up for him, but I would not be surprised to see a contract extension come this offseason for A.J. Terrell. So you factor him in, but again, Hennessy's probably the guy that they keep around. I hope they keep Akuda. I'd like to keep Jalen Hawkins around. Michael Walker's a guy I'd like to keep around. You know, Dupree, Calais Campbell, some of those guys, Scotty Miller. Okay, let's see how they play. Let's see if they actually are difference makers for this franchise. Cordero Patterson is a very interesting one because Again, with the two running backs, you, you you wonder if he starts to become expendable. 
at some point, right? Does he become expendable at this point? You know, Caleb Huntley, I wouldn't mind seeing them bring him back as a third, fourth, you know, kind of emergency running back. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing that happen. Um, Keith Smith is our only fullback, so um, I have a feeling that they may bring him back. Um, but, you know, Matt Collins, Scotty Miller, Cordero Hodge, okay, if those guys do something, bring them back. If they don't, then no great loss uh, on there. But, you know, of, of the guys on this list, Patterson's interesting, um, but the rest of the guys, I mean, if, if they if they didn't have any of those guys, you know, if they lost a Hennessy or lost a Michael Walker or lost a Jalen Hawkins, would it be a big would it be too big of a blow for the for the Falcons to overcome? No, I don't think so at the end of the day. I don't I don't think when you look at those that caliber of player that, you know, again, if they don't have those guys that, you know, it's it's going to be a situation where the franchise is going to turn a different direction. But certainly there will be some of those guys that you hope that they have a big final year and the Falcons are able to and willing to and, you know, it makes sense to go in there and sign them. So we'll see what happens uh, here. All right, when we get back, uh, Tyler Dragon is going to join us talking some NFL. Um, what's he, uh, was it USA Today? Yeah, USA Today NFL writer. He will uh, join us next on the show. Chuck Green, the Key Studios. Sports Radio 929 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Kia studios with you on this Monday evening. 404-726-0929, that is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, training camp comes up uh, starting uh, next uh, Thursday as uh, we will be out there large and in charge, and uh, obviously we'll have all of your camp coverage, exclusive camp coverage from Flowery Branch as uh, a new season gets underway. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Lannis Ford dealer. Let's talk to Tyler Dragon. He is a NFL reporter for USA Today. You can follow him on his personal Twitter page at the Tyler Dragon. Tyler, appreciate uh, a few minutes here in Atlanta this evening, and uh, we thank you for being on the show. 
Of course. How are you doing this evening? Man, I am good. I am good. And look, a lot of expectation coming into this uh, Atlanta Falcons team. So I'll ask you the same question I've asked a lot uh, of our folks that we've we've had on talking about this team. Take away Desmond Ritter, and I know it's not easy to do, but take away Desmond Ritter. What else on this team do you think that you have the biggest questions about as far as the Falcons go? <laughs> well, you already took away my biggest question, right. which is Desmond Ritter. <laughs> um, I definitely have a question about uh, the team's pass rush. I know they signed uh, Bud Dupree. That's a solid pickup in Calais Campbell, but Calais Campbell – uh, his best years are behind him. He's still a productive uh, defensive lineman. But I do question the team's pass rush and uh, their offensive line. So after the quarterback position, I would say rushing the passer and then offensive line. Those are my three biggest questions for the Atlanta Falcons uh, entering training camp. So, you know, they say, uh, Tyler, that the, the uh, a quarterback's best friend is a running game. And obviously we know that this Falcons team can really run the football. They were, they were third in the NFL, and they were two yards away from being the second best rush team in the league. How important is it to be able to do some other things when you have a young quarterback, an unproven quarterback? We got just a small sample size, but – you really feel like, though, you have to lean on both the running game and the ability of some of your other playmakers to produce on offense. So I have to admit, I'm an old-school football mind. I do like smash-mouth football and run-oriented offenses and running to set up the pass. But you can't just be one-dimensional winning football games in today's NFL. Now, I do like the pieces around Desmond Ritter to be able to throw the football, uh, especially, you know, with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Those are really good players at their respective uh, positions. But, you know, it's going to be a huge question if he can deliver the ball with accuracy and how much development does he take in this second season uh, as a quarterback. Is he going to uh, take a leap? and his uh, development as a pocket passer, as a, a passer of precision and accuracy. So that's a huge question I have. But you have to be able to pass uh, the football, especially in those crucial you know, third and long moments, third and eight, third and nine, uh, in the fourth quarter when the game gets uh, tight, uh, when teams are going to take away the run, stacking eight and nine up in the box. They are going to force Desmond Ritter to beat uh, – them with his arm and that's going to be a huge question game in and game out for the Falcons Tyler Dragon NFL reporter for USA Today joining me here on the waitford.com hotline Tyler you, you know you mentioned the uh, the pass rush and obviously that's been a a bugaboo but you know they have invested so much high draft capital in running back wide receiver you know tight end and you know I, I've talked about the idea that Look, if, if that's where you're going to go with your draft picks and those are the guys that we're going to roll with, you know, Kyle Pitts is I, – I think that Kyle Pitts has got to be that Travis Kelsey type of player, that he's got to be a 100-catch, dozen-touchdown type of guy or, you know, those non-premium positions. You, you, you've got to have a guy perform at that level. Is it fair to put that kind of expectation on guys like Kyle Pitts? I mean, especially given where they were drafted? Oh, that is certainly fair. And Kyle Pitts was uh, drafted to be a Pro Bowl, All-Pro type player. Yes, he had a Pro Bowl season uh, in that rookie year, but last year was a bit of a down year. Yes, he only played in, uh, and started in those 10 games, but you hope he can be healthier uh, in his third year as a pro and take another leap. That, that 28 receptions is not – uh, something that the Falcons uh, certainly need. They want him to be up in that 68, 70, maybe 80 receptions mark and definitely pick up that the touchdown production in the red zone. That's critical for the tight end position. He's a big body uh, player, and quarterbacks need um, tight ends to be able to catch passes in those tight, confined areas, especially in the red zone. And him, for him to only have three receiving touchdowns entering his third season. That 
I know is a sore spot for him and the Falcons and something that he wants to pick up in his third season. So I do expect uh, him to be a, a better player, but the expectations are certainly going to be high for Kyle Pitts because he got drafted to be one of those Kelsey type or Kittle type tight ends. You know, I guess one good thing, Tyler, is the fact that this division is just kind of all over the board and, you know, Vegas seems to, you know, kind of favor the Saints as far as who's going to win the division. But it really does feel like maybe not so much Tampa Bay, but really I could see a scenario where any of the other three teams, Carolina, the Falcons, or the Saints, really end up winning this division and maybe not in some runaway fashion with, you know, 12, 13, 14 wins. It feels like everybody's just kind of in a jumbled mess in the NFC South. I happen to agree with you, and people are so high on the Saints because they have the quarterback with probably, you know, the the best resume entering uh, 2023, NFL resume, I should say, entering this season, and the quarterback with the most experience in uh, Derek Carr. But when I look at every single team across the division, um, especially at the skill position, I, I would say the Saints and the Falcons are uh, neck and neck, and uh, that is one reason. And then when I look at the defensive side of the football, you know, those three teams, they're pretty neck and neck too. So I, do, I don't think uh, anything above 10 wins is going to uh, win the division. I think you're right around that 8, 9, or 10 win mark uh, is probably – uh, the barrier to win uh, the NFC South. I don't see a team getting to that 11 or 12 win threshold. I do think the division is going to be very, very tight, especially between the Panthers, Falcons, and Saints. Who do you think is the top three teams in the NFC right now? Leave the AFC out of it because that's just a, a slugfest over in the AFC. But when you look at the NFC, what do you think the top three teams are entering the season for the NFC are right now? Well, the Eagles and the 49ers have certainly separated themselves. I think it's clear cut that they are the top three teams in the NFC. Uh, and that third team, uh, it's pretty much a crapshoot. You can uh, say that the Dallas Cowboys are right there uh, in the mix. And um, you could also say the Seattle Seahawks and that run game and if Geno Smith can continue to play at a high level there in the mix. So I would say probably the Cowboys or the Seattle Seahawks is probably the third best team across the board talent wise entering uh, this season. Tyler, when you look at the AFC, it's, I mean, it's a bloodbath. I mean, it's Kansas city, Cincinnati, Buffalo. I mean, the Ravens, I mean, it's just, you know, up and down, there are so many good teams in the AFC. Is there a team in the AFC specifically that you think could surprise and find their way into that mix of one of the top teams? Is there a kind of a, a team that we're sleeping on in the AFC that could climb their way into one of those top spots? So I'll give you three that I'm keeping my eye on. I believe the Miami Dolphins have had a really good offseason. They have all the talent, certainly all the speed to be really good on both sides of the ball. The Baltimore Ravens, if Lamar Jackson can stay healthy, I really like what they did this offseason. They solidified their receiving course with Odell Beckham and Zay uh, Flowers. And then you have uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, too. I think if Justin Herbert can play like he did his rookie and his sophomore season, the Chargers have a chance to take a leap to and compete with the Kansas City Chiefs in the division. Tyler Dragon, NFL reporter for USA Today, joining me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. You also cover track and field for uh, USA Today. Uh, we just had the um, uh, USA uh, Track and Field Championships here recently. Uh, give me the state of men's track, specifically men's, because I think the women's team is in is in really good shape. I mean, but what do you think about the men's team? Like, where is the men's team right now as far as just overall talent and depth of talent in the world of track? 
<laughs> it is uh, funny you ask that. I, I love the track and field question. I do not get a lot of those on the radio <laughs> around the country. Uh, I have to say uh, Noah Lyles is the face of, um, you know, the USA track and field um, on the men's side. Um, he's a, the American record holder in the 200 meters, uh, certainly uh, can run the 100 as well. He's young and has the potential to be an Olympic champion uh, next year at the Paris Olympics. And then it's not the sexiest uh, event, and uh, it's not the event that gets a whole lot of media attention, but Ryan Krauser, um, the U.S. shot putter, he's the best shot putter of all time. He's the world record holder, the American record holder. He's beating everybody by two or three feet. Now, if he was uh, – this dominant in a sport like the NFL or the NBA, he would be a household name. And he would certainly be somebody that's on covers and magazines and, you know, newspaper articles and whatnot. So I would say those two are the face and uh, of, uh, you know, the United States track and field, certainly on the men's side, Noah, Noah Lyles and Ryan Crowder. You know, Shikari Richardson, I mean, you know, the the women's side does feel like that there is a lot of top-tier talent, you know, almost like sort of some of the old days and the glory days of, of track and field. But why do you think that there – have the men just not been as good as, you know, again, I'm an old guy. So, again, Carl Lewis, Edwin Moses, you know, guys like that. I mean, you know, I, I grew up watching those guys. Is the star power just not there? Because, again – Track and field was always a, a – it was a glamour sport in a lot of ways, especially, you know, your 100 and your 200, you know, runners. And it doesn't feel like, especially in the men's side of things, that it's got that glamour anymore. Like it doesn't have the kind of star power that it's had in decades past. Yeah, because Usain Bolt of Jamaica was winning all the spring medals. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and if Usain Bolt was an American, we would be having a whole different conversation. But he was really dominant during his heyday uh, for over a decade. So when when you look at the sprints, that's, those are the sexier events. And you don't really have a sprinter to win an Olympic gold medal and the 100, the 200. And so that's why Noah Lyles has the best chance. He's already a world champion in an event, and he has a chance to win a second uh, world championship in the 200 meters uh, next month in Budapest. So I really do believe he is probably that next big sprint. Well, he already is next, but I think if he can win an Olympic gold medal, that will certainly solidify his place. And, you know, you, I was at the Tokyo Olympics, the men, especially in the sprinting side, it was abysmal and mm. the 100, 200, 400, the relays, it was just not good enough for the, uh, the U S team and uh, the male side. And you look at the women's side, you had, um, you know, uh, Sydney McLaughlin and uh, a thing Mo winning gold medals. And, you know, the women's side and the Americans, they did a really, really good job. And they have that star power because they have a Sydney McLaughlin and uh, a thing Mo and Shakari Richardson now emerging as a sprinter. So uh, the male side, they got to get still better, but you have to be able to perform at that Olympic and championship level. And I think that's what's been missing in recent years, but Noah Lyles, I believe he's coming. And, and, and let me just follow up. And I literally just got about 30 seconds left, but you know, in the old days, we even knew the top long jump. And I mean, Carl Lewis was part of that. I mean, that's why we also knew, you know, long jump, but I mean, long jump, high jump. I mean, those were, those were events that the U.S. team dominated as well, and, and we knew the guys that were in those kinds of events. We don't even see some of that kind of stuff anymore besides just the sprinters and the relay guys. Yeah, and, and I can go on and on and on why, but another short answer for that is you don't see track and field on TV enough, especially mm -hmm. on network television and on primetime television. And that is something USATF has to work on to change because it's hard to be popular when you're not seen at all on national TV.
Tyler Dragon, he covers the NFL track and field for USA Today. He's on his personal Twitter page, at the Tyler Dragon, and join me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Tyler, really appreciate the conversation. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes in Atlanta. We will certainly chat again with you here soon. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Have a great night. You got it. When we come back, it will be time for What's Bug and Chuckery. Um, can I say that I couldn't disagree with Greg Sankey more? And I love Greg Sankey, but I could not disagree with him more. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, and that's the game, the Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9, the game, back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Key Studios with you on this Monday evening. 404-726-0929, that is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part uh, of the show. Uh, Odyssey app site, catch on the go, social media is at 929, the game, I'm at JMCH316, he's at DD Lewis for real. we got Day Day back uh, in the house with us here. No Braves baseball uh, tonight, they will start a series Coming up on uh, tomorrow night, and um, we'll have uh, we'll keep you up to date with all of that, and we'll kind of do our as we did uh, on Friday night. We will do kind of our post game show that uh, we introduced on Friday, and uh, we will do that. I have to fill day day in on all these things because he's on vacation. So yeah, you got to fill me in on your vacation because I thought about it. We went back to back, so we actually haven't been yeah. together in two yeah, weeks. Yeah, we haven't. Yeah, has been been a. By the way, how was Freaky Deaky? I guess I guess Freaky Deaky. Did the show from home, right? Yes. Okay. The Northern Kia Studios. How was how was all of that? It was cool. It was cool. Um, yeah, I mean, no issues. You know, of course, Chris actually did Monday. Right. Tuesday was, was a he holiday. Here? Uh, no, he was from. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was actually just here, but um, so Chris did the Monday. Tuesday was a holiday, so I was off. We, you know, all his full timers were off, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was with Freaky, mm-hmm. and so yeah, everything went good, and uh, you know, he uh. You know he's not uh, he's not used to to some of the uh, the antics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that you know it's funny because the number one, and again, it, part of it is because I do a solo show. Um, how many shows are solo on the station? <laughs> how, how many do we do that are during the week? Monday through Friday, just one. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but but again, we're doing only like two or three hours, right? No, that, that's not the case. Oh, well, how about how long is the morning shaft? How long are they? Three hours. How long are we doing? Four. Oh, well, certainly the Chuck House has got to be four hours, right? Because they have 15 different people. No. Huh? No. What? Two. Huh? <laughs> Two. Oh, well, listen, Andy and Randy are certainly very entertaining. That's my guys. So they do four hours, of course. I mean, they do 10 to 2, right? So, no, it, it, huh? It, no. What? No. Three. Huh? <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, so the the number one thing that managers have always, like program directors, have always said to me is that it doesn't necessarily have the you know for good or for bad. 
it doesn't have the same vibe. And I'm like, well, you, when you host by yourself, you you can't replicate the the sound. I mean, you know, because our other shows, we always usually have one person there, right? I mean, so either Michael Carl is on the on their show, or um, uh, you know, back in the old days, Freaky or Hugh or you know, Andy or Randy or um, you know, Steak never misses any time or anything. Like, wait, oh, 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 wait, he, he does. Oh, because I, I, I think I've hosted the Chuck House by myself. But anyway, um, but nonetheless, uh, but usually one of those guys is there to kind of pilot the ship, right? So it's a little bit different. Did you do rank him with Freaky? No, no, no. Once really? he got on his, uh, his, uh, you know, his. Um he took a lot of calls, put it that way. He, he when he got on a particular topic, he mm-hmm. just rolled with it. So couldn't really get the rankups in like I wanted to. So um, so he didn't really kind of have because I, I heard him last week with Carl. Right. He was terrific with Carl. I mean, in all honesty, I mean, and, and again, I heard that today I, too. I I thought that he kind of came out of his shell a little bit. Like he was he was having some fun with Carl, and they were they were kind of loosey goosey, right? I mean, they right. were kind of doing. You know, some of the fun stuff like that. So okay. um, maybe he was drinking later. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, again, he was home. I mean, yeah. so uh, it is. Uh, but I, I will tell you, doing the show at home at night mm-hmm. gets very tiring. Um, I can imagine, and yeah. It's not, it's not the same energy as, like, during the day. Like, when I did those shows during the pandemic, you know, I was doing a show, you know, five nights a week from home. Right. Oh boy, it was it was tough at times. Like, and not so. Much, I'm talk, not even talking about like content per se, right. but just you're up late at night at home, and you're just like looking at your, you know, like staring off at your bed, you know, and you know in the distance, and you're like, right. oh boy, you know, it's like time to go. At least the good thing was we didn't have to drive very far, but you yeah. know, again, it was just it was very tiring doing late night radio at home. During yeah. the pen. That's why I was eager to get back to studio. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, and I meant to ask you, because, and we kind of talked about it off mm-hmm. air, because again, we haven't been together in two weeks. I thought about you because the roller coaster. Yes, and, the Carowinds. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was like, that's got to be, I'm almost sure that's where Chuck is at. So you yep. said you guys were there. Yeah. I mean, it literally, it literally was discovered a day or two before we got there. Wow. Um, and then when we got to the amusement park, because we went on. Monday, July third, mm-hmm. and this was and this was happening over the weekend. I think Saturday was when they discovered it. We went Monday, July third, and at that point they had the coaster because it's the it's the country's fastest and highest roller coaster. Mm. It's the fastest roller coaster in the country and the highest roller coaster in the country. And it's huge. Like when I tell you, it's mammoth. It's huge. Okay. So it was at that point it was shut down when we got there Monday. It was already, they were already barricading it, and they had guys that were starting to work on it. But supposedly, the story that came out over the last couple of days here was that that roller coaster operated like that with that cracked pillar for multiple weeks. Yeah, because that's the way I found out about it, because people apparently were posting Yes, they were posting pictures. And so my wife showed me a video, and in the video, the person, like, zooms in, Mm -hmm. and you can see the, 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 the train go across. Yeah. That it's kind of well, like a in, kind of like an invert. Yes, a little it bit. is. It, it go. It go, part of the part of the ride is it curls and it right. goes upside down on you. Yeah, yeah, and so you see the car go by and then the person zooms in and you can see the crack. Yep. And then I, I so I was like, "Where is that at?" And she was like, "It's in North Carolina near Charlotte." And I said, "I'm yeah. pretty sure that's where Chuck is." Oh yeah, at. yeah, Fort Fort Mill, South Carolina, which is literally I know it's Fort Mill, South Carolina. You say it's in South Carolina. It's literally ten minutes from Charlotte. Right. It's literally. Fort Mill, South Carolina is like 10, 15 minutes from downtown Charlotte. Like you can be there in, in just a f- couple few minutes. I right. mean, so, but yeah, supposedly it had operated for a couple of weeks. Oh, that is crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's, that was part of it. Um, so I, I was not going to ride the thing, but you know, my daughter would have. She would have rode, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, she likes all those. I mean, again, I'll do an occasional roller coaster, but I don't, you know, again, I've, I've had enough heart. Issues and health issues and stroke issues that you know I don't need to be doing all that kind of stuff. So, all right. Speaking of issues, let's get to something we call what's bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. 
It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Y'all know that I absolutely love Greg Sankey, and I've had the honor and privilege of interviewing him multiple times um, and, and at SEC Media Days multiple times. So I enjoy, truthfully, really talking to him. He's a very bright man, reads a lot, very intelligent, certainly one of the faces uh, leadership-wise in the world of college football. But couldn't disagree with him more about this. Obviously, we saw the SEC get involved in going to Washington, D.C. to get Congress to act on NIL. And he says, quote, the reality is only Congress can fully address the challenges facing college athletics. The NCAA cannot fix all of the issues. The courts cannot resolve all of these issues. The states cannot resolve all of these issues, nor can the conferences. Whether congressional action is achievable is a matter of debate, much debate, but educational opportunities supporting equitable opportunities for men, for women, uh, ensuring the United States continues success in the Olympic Games, providing medical care, nutritional support, academic support, mental wellness, counseling, that those are nonpartisan issues that deserves a nonpartisan solution. Okay, but reality is the federal government does two things well. They fight wars and they print money. That's the only two things that the federal government does well. And when you get the talking heads involved in everything, it becomes a disaster. You know, it's the old joke that, you know what the day-day, do you know what the definition of an elephant is? No. That's a horse designed by a committee. Hmm. And and that's where things are when you have Congress getting involved in things like that, it does become partisan. It does become their agendas and stuff like that. It doesn't become what's best for the kids. Look, here's the reality. Let the states decide. Well, that can't be so. Yes, it can. That's how government is supposed to work. That's how that's I mean, we have gotten into this idea that the federal government is our fallback to everything. No, it's supposed to be the states that decide and the state should. And again, if one state is different from another, that's the beauty of the United States of America. That's why it's called the United States of America. Not everybody is supposed to be the same. Very few things are under the federal umbrella Enumerated in the Constitution, by the way, Greg. I mean, again, I know he knows all this kind of stuff, but the federal government doesn't need to get involved in all this. It's not going to turn out well. I, again, they fight wars and they print money. That's it. That's the only things they're good at. What what issue does the federal government solve? Really? What What, what issue do they solve? And if you get them involved in... Again, it's going to become a disaster, and it'll fall back to conferences or states or what have you. Again, the only way, the only reason we have gotten NIL is because the NCAA did not act. They did not do anything to legislate, and they they lost their power in this whole thing. And now it's gotten bigger and more out of control that the NCAA can't get its arms wrapped around it. But they had a generation to wrap their arms around compensation for student athletes. And when I say student athletes, that's an oxymoron. They had a generation to get themselves ready for the idea of athletes receiving compensation this was always always you hear me always going to happen and they twiddled their thumbs and allowed the thing to just basically implode it just all of a sudden just blew everything up and now everybody's got to clean up some of the mess from it all and now you can't get ahead of anything you have to be behind and react to everything. And when you have to go behind and react and clean up behind everything, it it's becomes, you know, too much too much of an undertaking. But don't get it twisted. The NCAA 
had a generation to prepare itself for this day. And this day was always going to come. It was a matter of when and not if it was going to come. It was a matter of it will happen, not will it happen. And they didn't do anything about it. And now, again, getting the government involved is not the solution. You're going to have bumps in the road and different things that go on. But if you let the federal government step its way in and try to fix anything and try to solve anything, it's not going to happen. It will be a bigger disaster than it was before. Because anytime government gets its hands on anything at the federal level, it becomes a complete bureaucracy. And I fear that the kids will not benefit from any of this if it's beholden on the federal government. And that's what's bugging Chuckery. All right, coming up top of the hour, it isn't it isn't complicated as to why the division is over for the Braves. I'll give you the one number that really matters the most. Chuck Green, the key is studios. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.